Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the People You Need to Know podcast, hosted by me, Dom, uh, powered by the Kansas City Podcast Network, and I think the name of the podcast is in itself. I interview people that I think you need to know, those who interest me. Uh, today, <laughs> I'm, I'm joined by another Dom, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, a guy I've known probably for... It's been a minute. Uh, yeah, I would say like almost 10 years, almost it seems 10. like. Yeah. Like at least like at least eight, I would yeah, say. for sure. Um, Dom is a, uh, a local artist, um, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't classify him in that pigeonhole of just local. He's an artist. Um, I would, I think you got some nationwide recognition. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely regional. Uh, for me, it's like, you know, I got a little bit everywhere, you know, I think, you know, at least that's what the stats say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the checks say. Yeah. Uh, he's also a DJ. Um, and that's been like a, more of a recent thing, right? Last couple of years. Yeah. A couple of years got into it. Okay. Um, Dom's from Kansas City. Um, went to high school out here, born and raised out here. I guess Overland Park, J- Johnson County area. Oh, but same thing. Yeah, it is. Well, you go out of town, you just tell people I'm from Kansas City. I mean, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but really, man, I just want to start by getting to know you, man. Like, like, walk me through like this, this how you became a rapper. Like, when did you know you wanted to be a rapper? Because when I met you, you were rapping, but you weren't as good as you are now. Yeah, I'm gonna keep for it real. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't terrible. No, yeah, most def. I think back then I was just trying to like be like, how can I sound like currency but not sound like currency? Yeah. <laughs> because that's my favorite rapper. But really what inspired me to do it, um, but I would say like that inspired me to pull the trigger on it and really try to take it seriously. Cause I was rapping in high school. Like we had like a little rap crew. We called it C I O T, you know, crowned in O Town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, everybody in the town was throwing up the C O. <laughs> uh, but uh you know, we used to do a little rap shit, and that's, uh, we used to release it on Pure Volume. So okay. Pure Volume I've was never like, heard of that. Pure Volume was like before SoundCloud. The SoundCloud before yeah, SoundCloud? The SoundCloud before SoundCloud. Before Reverb. Nobody uses Reverb Nation anyway. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was like the first real SoundCloud. We made like a little profile. We recorded songs in Audacity, you know, and uh, put them out. And everybody in high school knew that we like kind of rapped and made music it wasn't like a serious thing we were just kind of all chilling put it out that's yeah that's like some serious like a lot of people don't understand like to put out a song for somebody to listen to and critique even if you're messing around in high school or even at the point now i mean like that's some confidence no well it's even more it's even easier when it's like three people on the song that you hang out with all the time yeah you know i'm saying it's not just you so you know we had like three four people on each track we were just it was like comedy rap yeah yeah like that it, like it wasn't serious like we it, it's you know we weren't we didn't grow up like you know doing anything crazy out of the ordinary like you know what i'm saying we grew up we were we were on bikes skateboards fighting people you know what i'm saying like normal normal kid stuff yeah yeah normal kid stuff um you know just getting into it and when we but when we wrapped it it wasn't anything like violent we weren't like we didn't rap about anything violent we weren't like trying to be like which is tough because that's the popular who we weren't that's the popular frame of music even back then and even today yeah um it's how much how much street you know street Street shit can you talk about yeah yeah how many guns can you talk about how many drugs you sold you know how many pills you pop and granted we was all getting fucked up back then like we were all like you know smoking weed and doing little stuff but it wasn't like you know, we we were just into a bunch of different things. You know, when you have like video game culture, and you, when you can figure out how to articulate that into your rap and stuff like that. But um, I, I really started taking it seriously around 2011. 
that's when I like started to kind of put out more tapes and content and being like, oh, I actually want to try and be heard. You yeah, know what I'm saying and package my stuff. You know, I just got I just tried college for a couple years and I was about to get uh, suspended from college and get my financial aid taken away because I didn't. My I've been there. weren't good enough. And um, I knew I was about to get suspended. So I took an extra thousand dollars out of unsubsidized loans and went and bought a bunch of recording equipment got that refund check yeah like (laughs) i just got like the yeah i just got like extra thousand dollars you got to pay it back well for sure but uh i just went got the check cashed it went got a bunch of recording stuff i was working at sonic at the time with my girlfriend i think I, (laughs) i think 2011 is probably when i met you yeah i mean I think me and you met a little bit before I really started trying to rap. Because um, I remember you had the, you was in the apartment and you had the mic and everything in there. Yeah. You know, we'd be in there playing skate, skate one or two. Skate three. Um, and were you going, uh, were you going by Dom Chronicles at the time? Yeah. Where did that come from? Um, I, I mean, my name's Dominique. Yeah. Uh, me too. So, <laughs> and uh, I think I really like the word Chronicles. I don't know why. I It has like a really dope meaning. It's just you know, points in times and it's a very lives that are recorded. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, Dom Chronic. It's like, cause I, I, my rap, the way I rap is I rap about lifestyle rap. You know what I'm saying? I, I rap about the way I live, the way people around me live, things that we all experience on a day-to-day basis, you know? Um, and so it's like kind of like the chronicles of me and people around me. Okay. So that's kind of how I thought of the name. Like, I think for me, <clears throat> knowing you, when I first kind of realized you was decent at rap, Mm-hmm. Was uh, and I don't remember what the song was called, but it was something like something something Fiji water. I don't know what it was called, uh, but that was like the first song. I was like, okay, was, he's uh, pretty, he's pretty nice. <laughs> what song was uh, Shogunate. Yeah, I just I remember some some go to the that store was, and give me Fiji water. Yeah. I just remember that. And then don't, don't trip, everything is cool, you pile. Uh, <laughs> Not talking unless you talking offers. Money in my pocket, step into my office. <laughs> Undefeated like my flannel cap with a leather strap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah that, that's that song. That's Shogun it. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty nice. Um, and then, like, when, when was your first show? First show ever? Yeah. Shit. Or maybe even, like, post you taking it serious. Were you doing shows before? Oh, uh, yeah, then? yeah, yeah. Um, my first show was actually a Vital Nerve show when Julian used to throw those at Gusto. When Gusto was at the top of i don't remember what i don't know what it's called now i think it's called woody's now or something oh no mini bar mini bar yeah yeah yeah. you know where mini bar is now upstairs it was gusto first that's what the first gusto was there i never went there but i i do remember it being there Mm -hmm. and that's where uh julian did some shows there okay bottle nerve so that was my first time performing and I, the first time i performed i'm real prideful of this shit and i'm gonna brag about it i didn't use no background lyrics or nothing really? I, knew, I knew from the jump nope no lyrics were no you, lyrics on my shit were you nervous was nope. it a solid crowd i mean i was nervous yeah it was actually pretty solid it was yeah. like i had like 40 people there that's a respectable crowd for, for a local my first, show for my first local ever show yeah in 2012 2011 i had like 40 people 40 50 people wow which is solid for kansas city for real because people still can't pull that <laughs> Even opening up for people. Even opening up for motherfuckers. I mean, most people don't show up to a show until the opening act is actually going on, for yeah, the most part. Unless, you know, there's somebody there you really want to see. Yeah. You know? So then, you know, what What has transformed you to 
kind of, and I'm all over the place, but that's kind of what this podcast right, yeah, is, man. Sure. <laughs> so 2012, you know, you do your first show. I know that you were rocking with, like, and for those out there who don't know, like, Kansas City has a pretty, like, tight niche rap scene, I would say. Yeah. I don't know if everybody's tight together, but a lot of guys, you know, do sh- shows at the same venues. A lot of guys. Yeah, there's work, only, like, as, two venues. Yeah, they, it's, all, it's a community where y'all work around <laughs> each other. But you were kind of locked in with, like, Steady P. That was, like, your homie, right? Or Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, um, I'm sure he still is. No, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Nah, P. Shout out to P, man. That's that's my guy. I'm actually, I link up with him uh, next week, actually. You know what I'm saying? But Because uh, you went on tour with him, right? Yeah, I went on tour with him, and I've gone on tour myself. How was that? Like, um, what, like what's that? Like, what's that process? Cause <clears throat> well, a lot of people, like, think that, like, a lot of people think that you go from being a local artist to a tour bus. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that's not how it goes. Unless you get lucky. Like, yeah, well, I wouldn't say lucky. It's just a matter of, like, you know, what the, the situation's at play. You know what I mean? Like, and you never know. You don't know the backstories on a lot of people. Yeah. You know, the true backstory. So, I mean, but for us, you know, like, I feel like Kansas City just has this history of, like, you know, we get it on our own. Same with a lot of Midwest places. Minnesota. If you, like, really look at a lot of, like, you know, Minnesota artists, they're all indie. Yeah. You know, they're it's, unless you're on Rhyme Sayers, but Rhyme Sayers is an indie label. You know what I mean? So It's even amazing, that uh, kind of, like, to get off track real quick before we talk about the tour, but, like, the idea of, like, how many people don't really understand, like, the true levels to being an artist and making it as an artist. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like guys like you, you're. I think you're obviously a few steps ahead of a guy who's just starting to rap. Yeah. You know, you're making some money now. You've got some residuals. You know, you've toured. You've done. You know, you, you did a whole album in L.A., didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I record everywhere. But you know, yeah, so me, but yeah, but, but me and Wes did that album. But uh, even back and forth out there, yeah. But even looking at like, like a guy like Danny Brown or a guy like Chip the Ripper, mm-hmm. like those guys are there to us because we we're we're like more than a casual rap fan mm-hmm. but even then you know if you go ask around like outside of like their local municipalities like outside of detroit mm-hmm. like most people don't know who danny brown is but he's got a huge following in it's his city it's cold following. yeah mm-hmm. and then you get guys that eventually become like the travis scotts of the world or even currencies yeah. or anybody like that but it's well, de- and I, i've always valued the cult following and that was the route i wanted to go from the jump that's what helps out man yeah like you know, even the artists that I look up to now to this day, you know, they all rely on their cult if you fan don't, base. If you don't have a cult there. fan base, then I don't think anybody from the outside is ever going to be able to hear your music. Obviously, there's going to be some bias to your numbers because, you know, a good portion of your numbers are always going to be from the same consistent fan base. Mm-hmm. But they have friends. They have, you know, people they know that aren't fans of your music. And if they're a cult following, when they get in their car and they're playing Dom Chronicles or they're somewhere, you know, at a sh- doing anything, it's going to continue to spread that music out. That's why Tech 9 is so, why he made it so big, because his cult following just blew the fuck up. Yeah, it kept, <laughs> like, it kept it going. Yeah. Um, but back to the tour. So, like, like what was the process between, all right, now becoming a, a rapper? I did my first show. And obviously you did a lot more. Yeah, I did some show. I, I started doing shows here a lot more consistently. Uh, were you getting paid I, on those shows uh the one at first no because i feel like before shout out to p again before p got back because he was in columbia going to school before p got back i feel like nobody was getting paid like locally 
Like nobody locally was really getting paid unless you were like cool with the promoter. Like yeah, that. You a lot know of guys were paying to paying to play. People were paying to play. Even if it was like showcase, there wasn't really like a lot of good showcases going on either. Like they were all terrible. You know what I'm saying? People just kind of putting stuff together. P was the first person I feel like in a long time that came back with like some sort of uh, a plan and theme for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like he had a name for it. Midwest got next. That was what my come up was off of, you know, show wise locally was uh, a show series called Midwest got next. And he put that together. It was a monthly and uh, you know, you didn't perform every month, of course, you know what I'm saying? But you know, every few months I would sell like 50 to a hundred tickets every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember you know, seeing those shows. They yeah. were like a riot room. Yeah, and, or they'd be at record bar. Yeah, record a lot bar, of them were the old, record bar. The old record bar, you know. So I started, you know, my first show was like, yeah, I sold like thirty tickets. Second, the next one was like forty-five tickets, and I started doing like moving like 50, 60, 70 tickets, and I'm like, oh man, there's like some shit in this, you know? What yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I feel like there's some, you know, there's some hope in it. You know, what I'm saying when you start like when you see. You know, you see the, the constant increase of like, you know, what's going on with what you're doing. You know, like if I feel like if you keep doing something for a long time and you don't see no increase, you, you're either doing something. You're, there's something you're not doing, or it just ain't it. You know yeah. what I mean? And I mean, and 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 in a certain aspect, you're building a business. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people don't look at music or like artists as, as like business people or as entrepreneurs, yeah. but. That's basically what you're doing. You're getting to a point it's to freelance where, work. Yeah, like I'm all right. I'm doing free shows, yeah. and now I'm getting to a point to where I'm I've built up enough name for myself. I can come to a promoter, mm -hmm. or I can come to somebody and say, "Hey, you're you're bringing so and so act. I want a piece of that pie because I'm going to help you sell a hundred more, more tickets, tickets on top of this. Exactly. And then you can break that down and give me my percentage back, or give mm -hmm. me whatever ticket sales I make, and then yeah, and that's it. so on yeah, and so forth. And and just doing that, and I'm so glad that I learned that aspect of the business too you know just throwing like i i know how to throw shows now i don't even have to be on the show yeah and you can like, still make some money I can still, exactly <laughs> you know it's just a skill and you know shout out to p once again i i picked that up from him you know and uh you know that and that was always his that was always kind of like his angle too he's like yo i'm a rapper i got this and this going on but this isn't the only thing that I want to make me money or this isn't the only thing that I'm going to sit and rely on because yeah. it's a, it's a time bomb. And I, yeah. Especially if you're, if you are not like a, a, a top 40 or like a Travis or, Scott or, 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 or like, like a, a massive artist, it's really hard to make a, a lifetime of living just off your music alone. Mm -hmm. Cause then you're constantly touring. You're constantly trying to put out music and make money off like your streams and et cetera. And it's, the, the game is almost so watered down in that aspect that you got to be doing something else. Yeah. You got to be figuring out, all right, how can I throw a show? How can or, I write a book? How can I do this? How can I convert? Sell merch. It's it's converting your fans into other aspects of the game outside of just your music. Yeah, exactly. And being a person, I feel like that's what the game is about now. I feel like it's like people subscribe to people. People don't subscribe to your music. They yeah. subscribe to you. That's true. You know what I mean? So like, you know, that's not, the, not saying you got to go out of your way to make your life the most entertaining looking thing, but but we're in a we're in a day and age where everything is so open. It's it's mm -hmm. funny the guy I had on last night, Jeff, and he talks about how his store is people don't come to his store just because of what they sell. Mm -hmm. 
They come there because of the people. The people there. Because you can buy this shit he sells anywhere. Yeah. But he was like, if you get on Google and check my reviews, not one person has left a review on what they bought at my store. It's about the people and yeah, how they were treated. The experience. And so and in the game of and they, even in the game of music or just celebrities or people you look up to, it's not only their music that you like, it's their lifestyle, the, it's how their yeah, philanthropy work, what they, what they give back. Yeah. It's all been said. Everything's been said. You know what I'm saying? Every sample's been flipped almost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's getting there, bro. For for sure. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, it's getting to the point to where, like, even for me, you know, I challenge myself because I always ask myself, what uh, what do I have to offer? What else do I have to offer? How can you I know? separate myself? How can I se- and, and, and it's not even how can I separate myself. It's just how can I make myself better yeah. and become better. I, f- I feel like your music, and I was listening to some of it today just to kind of refresh myself on, you know, what I, what I like and just on you as a person, musically-wise. But I feel like your, your Spotify um, bio, mm-hmm. I don't know if you wrote that or somebody else wrote that for you, but it's a... Uh, it's a it's it's a very good it's a very good indication of who you are as an artist and as a person. Yeah. Like Dom Chronicles makes this electrical style rap music. He's very good vibes, you know, to the you know, it's like I appreciated that. Yeah. And like it made sense to me at least. Yeah, I wrote that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it doesn't matter. I mean it's the truth though. No, uh, yeah. Um and I feel like that's just my purpose. Like I feel like my purpose in music is to make, you know, things that make people feel good about themselves for sure you know like i don't i'm not like a you know i'm not gonna talk about shooting people yeah never you shot have a, people before you have a very <laughs> different style of music yeah like it, it's i just i just the only thing i can do is say what i think you know but even the way that you like the way that like you said currency coming up was one of your favorite artists and kind of how he raps still is you know and he's a guy like your your music to me is like a mix of currency, like Dom Kennedy, like they rap, but they're not really like rapping, rapping. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's more like, like Kanye said, like spoken word. You yeah. know, it's like I'm I'm more or less speaking to you over a beat, but yeah. I'm also rhyming at the same time. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, and you know, it's not. That's the thing I've always respected about artists like that, and why I've always wanted to be held to that caliber is. It's more about what you say. You know what I mean? It's not about how technical everything is. It's about what you say and how somebody feels hearing it. Yeah. You know, as long as the message is communicated, you know, you don't have to rap at whatever per second. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's a skill in its own, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Not everybody needs to be Twister. Not everybody needs to be JL. Not everybody needs, you know what I'm saying? Like, some people... Everybody's style is different, and there's going to be people. What people got to realize is that not everybody's going to be your fan. You know what I mean? For like, sure. That, that, and that's the thing. Like, not everybody's going to listen to this exact podcast gonna and listen. like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, you some know. people might go five minutes in and be like, "Yeah, no, that's not no, for no. me." Exactly, okay, cool. and that's cool. If it doesn't resonate, it don't resonate. But sometimes, you know, I was talking to Riley about this too because me and Riley been working a lot. And he admitted to me, he's like, bro, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a fan. I'm not, I haven't been a fan of your music. I'm a fan of you. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, but getting to know you and then going back and listening to your music, it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is Riley the, what was like, does he go by rap name or is this Riley, Riley? PMP? Okay. He's uh, dating uh, Brianna 
Gucci. Yeah, 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 girl, yeah, like, yeah. She cooks. cooks. Yeah, yeah. She, like she, I, I paid her to do like a date night for me and stuff. Like she came to the house, like cooked for real. Bro, it was amazing. <laughs> amazing. She's a she's, she's a fire a chef. Beast. Yeah, she's she's a shout out to Gucci. If you ever listen to this, I'll send it yeah. to you. <laughs> Yeah, Tune she, in at the twenty-one minute mark. Yeah, she's a she's a she's a beast for sure, but uh, but yeah, and, and you know that even that the other day because we're working on a project together where uh we're doing two projects, one where we're rapping, me and him are rapping on, and then another one where I'm just producing because I produce too, and I've been getting into basically just like kind of producing people's projects yeah. and not even being on them. Are you like getting to a point to where this might not be the not to where like music isn't your focus or music isn't your greatest act, but you're just starting to realize that there's a million other ways out here for me to to spread my wings across this and also just to create some more money, like yeah, for, for, for myself. Because sure. like Steve, I don't know if you know Steve owns Fast Steve Productions. Mm-hmm. Like he's created a pretty, and I'm gonna have him on the podcast yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's created a very solid studio. Yeah. But Steve started out rapping. Really? Like, yes. I have a, I have a CD of his. Uh, I'm actually on one of the songs. Oh. This is way back in the day, yeah. Oh, wow. But Steve started off rapping. I did it's, not know He that. went by Fat Steve, then he changed it to Colossal Steve, and he was doing shows at Mo West, like in St. Joe. Like, he had been selling CDs in high school. Like, Steve put out a lot of music, but he always, he was his own producer, too. Yeah. I think Steve just got to a point where he was like, okay, like, this rap shit ain't really for me. Yeah. You know, like, and it's tough being a white guy rapping, yeah, number yeah, one, yeah, <laughs> like, sure. unless you're just super nice. And he was okay. He wasn't horrible, but I think he just realized, okay, I can start mixing. I'm, guys are coming to use my studio. I can start making more money off of this, and then yeah. bl- then it blossoms into what well, it is now. For me, it's that's always been part of the plan. I'm not going to be rapping at 60. Oh, for sure. Unless you're Jay-Z. You know? But the thing is, is that I've always been involved with music as a kid. So honing my skills in music has never been an issue like you know i'm saying learning instruments that's what i'm into right now um i'm taking piano lessons yeah see we got a piano upstairs yeah like it's like you know i'm learning how to uh play bass and guitar um and then like you know just like experimenting with production more yeah and, and and going outside of the box of oh i'm using drums from this drum kit let me make my own drum you know, sound design. Let me clap instead of using a clap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me record my clap and actually learn how to mix it. I saw Steve Aoki posted something about, he literally, he made a beat just strictly off that, like an EDM beat. Mm-hmm. He literally made a beat of his mom saying something, him like pouring a bowl of cereal mm-hmm. and him like breaking a piece of glass and then somehow mix it up, sped it up and it sounded just like yeah, EDM it sounded track. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can manipulate anything. Yeah. So it's like learning. Also, if you create a new sound, man, yeah. and you become the... The pioneer the, of the that. The pioneer of that yeah. and like you start making a lot of money off of that too. I mean, there's certain sounds that guys use that were created at one point in time. And a lot of those guys probably aren't getting checks for it. Yeah. But if you have a certain sound that you make, then that you become this Atopin. You become the... You know? Yeah, yeah, you get your own signature sound, you know. I mean, for me, like I said, like it's there's always an end game, you know. Uh, I think what what is it? Um, the seven habits of um, oh, what's that book called? Uh, seven habits of highly successful something. Uh, I have the book. I don't know why I'm thinking about it, but there's one. Uh, section in there one of the rules of one of the habits is to begin with the end in mind and 
my end has always been I've always wanted to have a creative resource company. I've always wanted to have a store. You know, I've always wanted to have... <laughs> I want to turn... <laughs> I, I have plans that I don't tell anyone about. Like, oh, for you sure. Know, we when, all it, when it's like, you know, that, you know, stems from my family and things that have been, that are going to have been or going to be passed down to me and stuff like that, you know, and, and things I inherit and stuff. Like, I already have a plan for my inheritance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and not to say that it's like, you know, I'm going to make millions or something, but I there's things people don't think about in their so lives that they can use. When I was in a fraternity, they, they had this thing called the seven P's and I, I see it. I've seen, um, uh, what's his name? QL, QLC. No, what's his name? Who's a Chicago based artist. He was on good music. Um, real deep voice. He's on section 80. Did a lot of stuff with Kanye. Oh, you talking uh, about, uh, uh, fucking, G, uh, either way. I know, uh, I know who you're talking yeah. about too. He always goes church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. think of uh, GLC. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. All right, I didn't know if I was saying it right, but he says it in a song. But I knew this way before then. But you know, they say prior preparation prevents piss poor performance, mm -hmm. and it's like I I don't live by him all the time. But like that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. It's like you got to you have to be prepared and you have to have some sort of plan in mind in order to execute properly. Yeah. If not, then you just kind of uh, you're just kind of wandering. You're winging it. Yeah. Or you're just kind of and 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 it's not like you have to have every kind of every step planned either. You know, sometimes you have to, sometimes you got to leave things up to God and the universe too. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of stuff happens based on your mind state. For sure. At the same time. So, excuse me. I don't think you have to have every single step of the way planned out, written down. But you have to have a goal. You have to have a goal. You have to know where you want to go. You have to know, well, how can I, and I, I like to plan I do short-term plans. Like, I, I make some long-term plans. My long-term plans are really broad. You know what Same I'm saying? Here. But you have to make the short-term plans to get to the long-term goal. It's like, well, I want to make, you know, I want to make a million dollars. All right. All right, well, that's my 10-year plan. Yeah. But in two years, how can I make $150,000? Exactly. You know, what can I? What steps can I do to get there? And I, I kind of do the same thing, and a lot of times it's, I think the biggest issue why we don't ever reach those goals or why a lot of people don't ever reach those goals is that, so many people think there's a lot more time available than there really is. And so right, you can be gone tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Shout out so, to George Floyd, man. You know, so yeah, seriously. Um, and that's an unfortunate event. But you really have to like the the phrase like you have to live as if you're gonna die tomorrow is like as as hard as it is for anybody to want to believe or accept, it's the truth. Mm hmm And I think that's what the difference is between guys who leave a legacy like Nipsey. You know, like a guy who was really building something big and it was unfortunate that he was taken away, but like he was there, you know, yeah. and he continued to live his life like that on a daily basis. But, but anyways, man, this all, this all stemmed from me asking you about touring, yeah. which we never, we never <laughs> talked about. <laughs> well, okay. Well, basically when I would tour, we would all like pile in a car and go, but we would have everything booked. So like we would make sure that we book. So how you does that work? Are you calling a venue and saying, hey? Uh, it depends. So, like, sometimes it's a venue, but then sometimes it's, like, somebody we know that's there that's throwing a show and wants to have us there. You know what I'm saying? And are they have breaking, breaking, breaking bread breaking, with you? Yep, breaking bread. That's a solid plan. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what about... It, but it can range, though. It can range from $200, $100, $1,000. 
three hundred dollars. Yeah, it depends on how generous people are too. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these markets that I was getting in, I've never been to. Like I remember my first time going to Denver. Like I didn't get paid my first time performing in Denver. You know, I just performed. But you built up a fan base. But I built a fan base there. Have you ever Have you ever played a show and people knew your words? Yeah. What was that like? Amazing. I remember J. Cole did a show when I was in college at the at the school and like nobody knew who J. Cole was. This was like when he had dropped like uh the warm up uh, wasn't the, wasn't he with Big Crit too? Was it that one? No, this was in Missouri Western. It was him and Jeremiah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh and Jer- it was a horrible show. Like there was like thirty people there. And it was J. Cole, bro. <laughs> and and the one girl and uh knew 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 all the words to his song and he like pointed that out and i was like damn that's pretty dope and then i went home and finally listened to a lot of his tracks and i was like damn this dude is hella dope this was like in 2010 mm-hmm. but yeah man i mean it's even then that's 10 10 years ago and to see like how much he's grown as an artist yeah and i can even attest even eight years ago me me and les and amy snuck in well we didn't actually sneak in because amy was cool with big son so oh yeah it was crit j cole I remember she got us into Big Crit's show at the Granada because mm-hmm. yeah, she was taking pictures or whatever. Yeah, um, that's that's the wildest thing. Shout about, out Amy Slates, <laughs> yeah for sure. But that's the wildest thing about music, man. Like Big Crit was the shit to me in yeah. 2010, but he but wasn't go, even big. Nobody knew who he was. Like, yeah, like I remember that show that, at that college. It was in Columbia. Uh, we drove all the way to Columbia for this show, and it was J Cole, Big Crit. And then Drake, J. Krill, when he was J. Krill. But now he's just, he's engineering and stuff now. Okay. Um, but uh, there was literally like 50 people there, bro. That's crazy. 50 people for J. Cole and Big Crit. Fam, I remember in 2013, I think, I was working in Power and Light, and every Friday and Saturday they did a show. Like Friday night, I think, was... It was either like a DJ or an artist. It was vice versa. Mm-hmm. Then Saturday was like the opposite of whatever Friday was. And they had Travis Scott perform. And nobody that, knew who he was. was. At Power and Light, right? It was at Power and Light, yeah. like on the live stage inside he, of Power and Light. Didn't he like jump on the thing? Yeah, he jumped on top of a beer, a beer cart. Like he got kicked out. They told him he could never perform there again. And then look at him now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing that's the most inspiring you know, about like continuing the artistry and not giving up on it because, you know, I've seen, I mean, like some of the biggest artists perform in front of nobody, nobody. I've seen Chuck English and Alex Wiley in Denver because I toured with them, him, uh, them and Josh Lee and we were in Denver and uh, there was like nobody there. <laughs> yeah, it's like like a hundred people. I remember. Sir Michael Rocks, um, the white dude that used to rap with them. I forgot what his Pouye. name was. Pouye. And, I, I opened that show. And Rob. Rob Banks. Rob Banks. Rob Banks had like a really fire song out at the time. And I remember going downstairs after he performed in the green room and just talking to him and talking to Sir Michael Rocks. And like, he was like, he was like so taken away that there was this many people at this show at the right room. And it was it only was like, popping, I mean, but it was like 200 people. Like, yeah. but I was like, bro, you. You're pretty but well. They had never been there. Yeah, like they were. That was their first time. They were just there. shook by the fact that, like, I think just being an artist, it's always interesting to see like how much, like, like how much. That work. was such a crazy night. That was a, that was a crazy show. Yeah, I remember that's when me and homeboy got into it too, because uh, he went on. He was set to go on before me. And he was pissed. <laughs> 
like he was mad that he went on before me so he made like a really big deal about it and i was like well fuck it i'll go on before him yeah, set the matter. bar really yeah. high <laughs> yeah now, now you gotta follow up yeah <laughs> um people around here do that shit all the time like it doesn't matter when you go just rap man just if you go. got some dope raps then it doesn't really matter just go if your so, fans are here it doesn't matter so how did you how did you get into djing um I got to a point um, when I was making music that I kind of wanted to like, not necessarily like sit back and not make music, but I was trying to find myself more as an artist before I dropped again. So I think this was like a little bit before reality, like right after I finished the Reality Makers album. And I kind of was like, oh, I'm gonna try to find my sound a little bit more. And so I got into producing you know, kind of focus more on that. And then I'm like, well, how am I going to do shows without totally oversaturating myself as a rapper and still make money? And I've always wanted to like, we always wanted to like, I always wanted to have a night, you know? So that's when Sensei Party came up. Okay. That was you and Scotty Wu, right? Me and Scotty. Uh, so we came up with this idea for Sensei Party. At first we'd started at Mini Bar and we had, uh, what game did you have to? Uh, you could play Mortal Kombat. Brought, <laughs> we brought a TV, the Xbox, all that shit, and you could play Mortal Kombat while we DJed. That's dope. Because it was more because Mini Bar downstairs is kind of more of like a loungy yeah. type thing, you know. And me and Scotty, we were going back and forth DJing. We started DJing. We had like the little bitty kind of thing that you use with your finger, <laughs> you like the size of a phone. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was. It was like it's like a it looks like a little mini pad. Yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying. Just and like I, with your laptop plugged into yeah, that? Yeah, laptop okay. plugged in. We did that for a minute. And then uh, we got blessed with uh, uh, one of the Pioneer joints. And then we started kind of like really getting into it. I'm really more on the, like, I DJ, but I'm more into putting the event together. Yeah. Like, I can DJ, but Scotty was a DJ before me. Scotty was a, Scotty was producing a lot before me too, but, so he had more of like this. It was easier for him to segue into DJing. I feel like than I was than it was for me. But you were more or less trying to figure out how we can get some more money out of yeah, this. Yeah, well, not even that. I mean, and also try to put people on the music that we listen to. Yeah, you know, all the DJs around here. You know, shout out to all of them. But the venues require, for the most part, unless you're spending at Riot Room, for you to play top forty shit. Yeah. You know, so nobody really got to explore. Nobody really got to hear new shit. Nobody really got to, you know, hear selection. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the the unfortunate part about nobody's playing house shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Nobody's just like nobody's mixing. You know what I'm saying? House with Lil Wayne and mixing it together and making it sound good. That's always been my biggest thing. Like when I when I started DJing, I'm like, when I blend songs, it's gonna be songs you would never think blend. That's how I go into it. But it'll be like, but it sounds so beautiful good. to you. It's yes. beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, like I've always loved, like, and I've always loved just putting people on this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, put, you know, just, I love when people be like, damn, what was that song? Or playing old Dom Kennedy in the club. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, playing When I Come Around, that's normal in LA. Oh, facts. You know what I mean? <laughs> and everybody's like, When I Come Around, you know, everybody knows all the words, the but out shit, here, damn. yeah. <laughs> But out here, it's like nobody plays that. Nobody really plays Nipsey in the club. No, they don't. I feel like 
Unless it was like double up or I feel like, like in the Midwest it's unfortunate because most people are not hip. Like in the Midwest, people are like, I feel like at least in Kansas City, most of these cats are like casual rap fans. Mm-hmm. Like most people are just casual rap fans. There's like there's a kid, this is a this is a funny story to me because you might appreciate this. Somebody posted something about I can't remember what it was, but he was arguing. First, it it was about like who's a better singer. It was Drake versus somebody else. Yeah. And like like number one, Drake's not a singer. He just has a great engineer. You ever heard him sing live? Like he's not a singer. He just puts out R and B songs with a mm-hmm. great engineer. And this guy argued with me about rap because I remember sometimes someone asked about like your top five or like somebody you would love to see in in concert. And I had said like uh, Pusha T, and he was like laugh like Pusha T. Who 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 would listen to him? And I'm like. Like what, bro? I'm like, are you like, who are like, what's your top five? And of course, he's like Drake, Lil Wayne. You know, he names like all the top acts that everybody in the world knows. And so I was like, man, are you even like a rap fan? He was like, bro, I've been listening to rap. I'm 32 my whole life. And I was like, so are you a Big L fan? He was like, who is Big L? Yes. And he's like, bro, nobody on this status knows who Big L is. I'm like, how yeah. are you a rap fan he and you rocks, don't know who also. Big L is? Like, Big L would be the biggest act right now over Jay Z had he never died. Yeah. You know, like. And I was just like taken you back. You gotta watch by that that, net, uh, that documentary. Have you watched it yet? It's on, on YouTube. On Big L. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't Mass know Appeal did it. Mass Appeal did a doc on Big L. I know there's one coming out about like a docu series. It's like a not a docu series, but it's one where they're actually acting. Like a. No, nah, it's not like that. This DJ is, Screw though. The DJ Screw story. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, they did a. Uh, they uh, Mass Appeal put out a doc. They just released a documentary on Big L. It's on yeah. YouTube. But that's like the unfortunate thing about Kansas City music. Cause like you said, you go out to LA, you go to Atlanta, you go to Miami. Like those people, so different. Those people stand behind their local acts. Like everybody in LA knew who Dom Kelly was, Nipsey, YG, Casey Veggies, like all these guys. Well, even besides that, even when it comes into like me starting to DJ and produce, getting into the producer DJ world out there too. Yeah, there are people. You're. It's. You think you were different? More accepted out there than you were in Kansas City? uh, I wouldn't. It's not even about that. I just feel like people just take it differently people people here view artists differently than people there view artists yeah. because there's it's more you know what i'm saying there's more events there's more local events there's more people trying to do it there's more people and, and then you and then more people believe in it especially if you're good because their cousin blew up you yeah. know what i mean like it, it's like you know it, it it's it's like they see they see the progress like have you ever heard of shanji uh, I've heard of him, yeah. Okay, like he's a he's from he went to school here with a with a homie of mine, and I met him here, and he does like he does some pretty big sh- like DJ gigs with like Dom Kennedy with Snoop mm-hmm. with all these guys out there. But I just thought it's just interesting, like people. It, it's just that people don't view it like that. But I feel like that's changing, and that's changing by the day. You know what I mean? And, and I think and, it'll just take somebody here in Kansas City to just bring something different to the table. That's kind of the downside to the the culture here when it comes to music, when it comes to events, when it comes to all that. It's like everybody's focus is purely around the bread involved with it, not 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 involved with like the quality of what they're putting out. Not everybody, but yeah, like a but lot of these places, like Johnny Calls, like you know, and all that. It's like, yeah, okay, that's dope. The events you guys do there, not to knock it, but it's like solely based around money. I knock it, you know, like Fuck I'm, <laughs> like you know, like I'm just. I'm not a fan of that, and I'm a fan of like bringing some some solid acts in here and, and figuring out a way to like really. I'm not a fan of working with undercover racist people. Yeah, that too. Like, like you know, it's not even undercover anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's it's you know, I feel like you know, people got to have some like dignity. 
you know what I mean? If you stand for something, you'll you'll fall for anything, you know, if you don't stand for something. So yeah. it's like you have to have like everything is not about the money. Everything is like if my morals or my dignity is involved, like I'm gonna walk away from it. I don't care how much money is on the table if I don't believe in this or I know that you're a shisty person or I know that you're a racist piece of shit, then like me personally I can't connect with you, but yeah. teach his own, I guess. But but you can but I think the perception is it's all about how you really perceive it because somebody you know, somebody else can look at it as like, well, it's a come up in a way. I'm like, well, I'm benefiting off of it more than you in the end. To me, the whole Johnny Call situation, and I want to get back to L.A., but was like, it's a win-win for him, mm. if you think about it. It is. Okay, I don't want this type of music in my club because this, this type of music is what brings this type of crowd and these type of fights, and it ruins my money. But you convince me otherwise, okay, I'll let you do it, and then when the first fight happens... I was right. You were wrong. I was right. This is what this music does. So for him, it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So he's still getting money put in his pockets, <laughs> you know, like, and, and now he'll just prove a point to say that he was right the first time. Yeah. But so LA, like, when did you start really linking out to LA? Because you're in LA quite frequently, aren't you? All the time. Like, <laughs> I love it there. Like, it's like home number two at this yeah. point. Um, but uh, man, I really started going out there a couple years ago, probably like 2018. 2017 actually was my first time going but you know i really upped it last year and the year before then like i was last year i was out there like at least every couple months you know for weeks at a time you know i'm trying to were you making music out there like yeah yeah. djing out there making music um doing shows i opened up for ray j and shit oh really shout out to 143 that's like a party out there. Uh, shout out to Cuffin Season. That's my homie. Blessed party out there. Um, and, uh, you know, shout out to my people. My people out there, bro, like, they treat me like family. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to pay for hotels. You know what I'm saying? I, I have tons of homies now that I can, like, be there. And, you know, they want to kick it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, hey, stay at my house. And, you know, I feel like the more you get into the the shit that's that's kind of what comes with the game and with the territory and like if people believe in you they just expect you to do it back to them how did you like, how, how did you link up with west is his name right yeah uh i linked up with west um what's that album called 17 1027 okay 1027 that's the address of the store that uh you know we kind of used to kick it out a lot too like he used to run a store out there he doesn't okay. run it anymore but um but I really linked with him just kind of going out there fucking with selection and, uh, you know, shout out to them too. They've, they've really been helpful. Um, as far as like, not necessarily like putting my music out or anything like that, but just being able to be around them and go to their events and stuff like that is inspiring to me because when I was first looking for beats to rap on, those are the beats I found. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't even, that was years ago. I didn't even know it would turn into what it was now. Everything comes full circle. Yeah, so it's <laughs> like, you know, shout out to Joe and everybody up there. It's it's all love. It's, it's all love up there. So, you know, I really met West just going to kind of like selection events, you know, just kicking it in the city. And me and West just clicked because we're like the same person. You know, uh, we're around the same age. Is he, he Hispanic? He, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, Guatemala. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, we just like the same things. We love Pharrell, N.E.R.D. 
we rock BBC, we wear babes. We, you know, what I'm yeah, it's like literally One the, the same. same. We're we're like in the same thing. Like we like to collect toys and like, you know, what I'm saying. And he does film. Uh, he raps. Was too. he the one that did all the visuals on? Yeah, all the, that and, shit was tight. And Goldby did the visuals, and Goldby is who's shooting for Giveon right now. Okay. Uh, like the Giveon videos and like pictures and stuff like that. You know who that is right? The dude that's like uh, doing. Uh, he was on that Drake feature. He was on that feature with Drake. He has like a real deep voice. He's really blowing up. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, um, you know, shout out to Goldby and, and Wes. Yeah, they directed that the whole ten twenty seven. I was kind of in the passenger seat on that, uh, except for the Kansas City shots because I flew west. We flew west up here for I think like three four days. We did nothing but shoot. Um, you know, we shot. Uh, That's the. Um the beauty involved with the creation of music that people don't understand. It's like, we're in the studio making, make, how long did it take y'all to produce that album? Like five months. So five months of production. Five months production. of literally rapping, putting all the tracks together and the video. And then shooting visuals. Five then, months. Like it's, it's such a strategic process, man. Like I got to create these teaser videos, let y'all know I got some new music coming out. Five months. <laughs> It's almost half a year. That shit's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do in five months. For sure. For what we rolled out, easily takes a year to do. Because there's what, like 12 tracks on there? 13 tracks? That's uh, 10. Okay. It's 10 tracks, but the short film is like 20 minutes. If you listen, watch the short film, it's 20 minutes of all the tracks but two tracks. Does he have a decent following in LA? Um, He has a decent following out there as far as like Long Beach. Big Long Beach following. Um, And... You know, he does film and video and does a lot of work for other companies, too, like clothing companies, like Hotel, the shirt that I got on right now. This is a L.A. company. He does a lot of work for them. He did a lot of work for Selection, a lot of their media stuff. Um, when Selection was first doing their, like, kind of, like, beats, interviews, their interviews and stuff like that, he was the one filming them. So he does a lot of work, Yeah. Um. you know, in general. So I feel like that's his way of... You know, I feel like he raps. I, I don't. He, he he, the way we view rap is something that we do regardless of whether we're here to make a career off of it or not. Yeah, for sure. You just love doing. I it. I love doing it. So, and I feel like that's what's gonna bring. That's what always brings you to your true purpose. It's like just doing the things you love, no matter what type of success is bringing you it's not bringing negative success it's not bringing negative light it's not like niggas are out here being like dom sucks at rap yeah because you can't say that it'll that's, e that's that's stupid it'll eventually create something yeah as long as you keep pushing for the like i love i love working out i started working out i don't know five years ago four years ago whenever that was and it turned into bodybuilding powerlifting it turned into mm -hmm. this knowledge base and like Obviously, right now, I don't work in fitness, but, like, mm -hmm. one day I know for a fact that I'm going to work in fitness, yeah. like, and I'm going to make some money doing it. Yeah, you can easily but be a trainer. You know yeah, what I mean? I could be, but that ain't for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's just, I feel like you find your true, like, pur purpose, and you even find new passions while doing the passions that you have, you know what I'm saying? So And the relationships you know, and, you've built, I mean. Exactly. Like, I've, al I've always been into music, clothes, art. And 
just vibes in general. So like, that's how I, I like a lot of people don't realize like how heavily into music I am. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be listening to shit from the sixties, bro, seventies. Got to. Like I was a kid when I didn't have a job and I was like when I first met you, I was I got a job at Urban Outfitters. Um yep. but before then I was a broke college student living in my mom's basement. Like every single morning I woke up and got on Ill Roots, got on two dope boys, yep. I got on all these blog sites and just downloaded music. Smoking, I don't. I didn't know who any. Section. Yeah, like I didn't know who any of these guys were, but I was just downloading music, listening to it. Um, clothing, I was really big in clothes. I was on Black Scale before mm-hmm. anybody knew who that was. I, you know, like Diamond Supply, like all that stuff. Like I remember meeting Nikki Diamonds twice. Yeah, I remember Nikki Diamonds posted. He posted a picture of us bro. on Instagram <laughs> or his Twitter, one of the two. Yeah. And then I met him the year, the next year, in the VIP section at Street League, and he was like. I was like, you probably don't remember me, bro, but like you took a picture of us because two of us were wearing Diamond Supply. Yeah, we were wearing the uh, Cassie shirts. Yeah, and he's a solid guy, but it's full circle, man. It's just interesting yeah. how all this stuff comes. But um, so now you're you've kind of solidified yourself. I won't even say kind of. You solidified yourself as an artist. You've made a name for yourself in Kansas City. You've made a name for yourself somewhat in L.A. Like, yeah, obviously not everybody in L.A. knows you, but people in L.A. know who you are. Um. You're up. I think I checked your Spotify. You got like twenty three hundred monthly listeners, which is like, like yeah, that to was, me. Like that's like it was three thousand two weeks ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but to me, like, yeah, that's a small number to like the grand scheme of things. But that's three thousand people who listen to you monthly. Yeah. <laughs> like three thousand people listen to songs like on average. That's monthly. just Spotify. That's that's pretty crazy to me. Like, like what like what was that for you when you saw that? It was cool. You know, like there's more to do. Yeah, I'm saying, like, I feel like, cause what is it like, ten cents a stream or something crazy like that? Yeah, I it's mean, it's, it's. I don't even like think about making money off streams. Like that's the thing, though. Like that's the that's the thing. When I make music, I don't make music for money. So like, I don't even think about money when I release music. I don't think about like, ah, oh, this is how this is how much money I need to make off this song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think about it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I think about like. I I always just focus on creating the content. You know how people receive it. That's not up to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. But I know all I can do is put my best foot forward in creating the best looking, um, and most meaningful content um, that I can. Like my next song I'm dropping is called "Get a Job." It's about the song is basically about the systematic brainwashing that. America has put on us to work for other people and not start your own business. For sure. It's hard to do that. It's hard. Oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? That's hard. Oh, you want to, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you want to be an artist? Everybody second guesses and doubts Everybody second guesses and doubts it. But if you, the first, but shit, people want to take you out to dinner when you get a job at Cerner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, your mom's like so proud of you when you get a job at Cerner, you know what I'm saying? And that's another thing I'm thankful for too. I'm thankful for parents that let me explore. For sure. You know what I mean? And let me explore things I need to do. They've never like been like, it's this is what you need to do to be successful. You know, like they let me really find myself. It's so meaningful to get something on your own. Yeah. And to know that like this money is in my pocket because of what I did, not because of, what I did for some corporation or yeah. not because then and, it's, and the thing is, is that I'm not saying my song, what I'm saying is I'm not saying don't get a job. I'm saying, don't be afraid to take risks. Get a job with, if you're going to work, work with something else in mind. Don't just blindly give all of your energy to someone who possibly laid off all, all these motherfuckers. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's 40 million people unemployed I, I because think, of corporations. I think we're in a, 
we're in a like Dame Dash said it the best. A lot of people are working for a weekend. And yeah. like for me, yeah, right now that's what I'm doing. But that's not my end goal. Like you said, there's always a, there's, there's always, always an end goal. An goal. Because you wake up every day, you go do something for somebody else. If you have to leave, you have to ask permission. If you mm-hmm. want a w- day off, you got to ask permission. permission. Yep. And then you're working for that weekend. And then it, be, it becomes um, repetitive. And mm-hmm. then it just becomes your lifestyle. And then you're 65 years old. And, yeah, and, then all your, and all your friends are at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think just, life is more about the experience. And I think when you take your own freedom into your own hands and become mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, become a business owner, become whatever, then you're able to experience so much more in life. Like I have a homie who, okay, he, he probably isn't making the money he wants to make. But yeah. like, I, for me, like life isn't about the bread. Like, of course, I would love to make a lot of money, but I'm more focused on the experience and the memories that I'll have 20, 30 years from now that I can tell my kid who's upstairs right now. Like, exactly. my boy KP was like a year away from being a doctor, or like I don't know, he's like he's like two, maybe not a year away from being a doctor. He was like a few years into medical school though, so he already had a degree. Yeah, went to medical school and he was just like, you know what, this ain't for me. He left, moved to Seattle, started just living with his sister, started DJing and just started doing random stuff. And like, I think that that's, that's going to have a more lasting impact on his life than doing something for someone else so, or doing something that he wasn't truly passionate in because I'm sure his parents wanted him to do that. Yeah. And it's just drilled into our heads all the time. Get a job, get a job, get a job, get a job. You got to get a job. You got to work. You got to, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, is that what is work to us isn't the same as what work is to somebody who's 50 or 60 years old to them they were happy to get up and go like that meant something you know what i'm saying like back in the day like if you were you know even being black in the 60s 70s and waking up and going to work it was proud moments. it was proud moments you know what i'm saying it was like a proud thing but it's like you know i don't think there's much growth in limiting yourself to just that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I there's also just so many, we're living in a day and age where there's so many ways to make money. Yeah. So many ways like to get up. If you, you know, you can live a minimalist lifestyle, but there's so many ways to sell stuff online. So many quick ways you can freelance on the internet. There's websites out now that'll, yeah. if you edit and, stuff, they'll pay you. There's and, and YouTube, every, there's this. And everything's a lot more attainable now too. Like, you know, 20 years ago, not everybody had a crazy camera. You know, you couldn't buy that. It was expensive. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Now you can go get. You'll get an crazy. iPhone and yeah, you can shoot a movie with it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I feel like, you know, the 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 limit doesn't exist. So it's like, it's really based off like what you want to do and your willpower to do it. And mine's always been like, it's like, yeah, I've worked and I've had jobs and stuff like that, but. I've never worked anywhere where I felt like I couldn't be me. For sure. That's you know the worst. Saying? Like, or I, I couldn't work. I never worked anywhere where I couldn't be like, hey, I'm about to go on, on a tour, but this is how the tour is going. So I need my schedule to be a little bit flexible just for this time. And yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've always, you know, that's why retail was really big for me. I always worked retail. You know what I'm saying? Working for, worked for Zoomies for a while. Shout out to Zoomies too. Zoomies is for Hotman. I remember. Yeah, I know, but that's what really got my music out locally. Yeah. Yeah, I sold, I sold so many CDs out of Zoomies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? CDs, merch, got people to listen to my stuff. I've had kids come into Zoomies that listen to my music, 
buy shoes and make me autograph them. What? Yeah. Like a brand new pair of shoes. I'm like, I'm not writing on these shoes. He's like, bro, write on them. Put your signature on these shoes. I love your shit. I mean, that's also another opportunity to to let you know that people believe in you yeah. and that, okay, I, I, I shouldn't give up. And I'm sure you've up. never thought about that, nah. but if you ever did, it'd be like, man, this kid... I'm, you know, this kid asked for an autograph. Like, you don't you know, know who like you're somebody, touching. somebody believed in me enough to to keep pushing. So I'm gonna you, keep you really up. don't know who your music touches until you meet them. Until you meet them, you you really don't know, but until you see them. You That's know? why music is such a like it's such an impactful thing and like such a nest. Like, a, could you imagine life without music? No. It'll be unbearable. It wouldn't, it wouldn't exist. To be able to listen to it's a song in, like this, impossible. There's songs out here like no shit that give me goosebumps. Like they just touch you in a certain way, certain certain lyrics, certain beats, the way that someone is just like these this music is like really resonating with you and it's really touching your body and your soul. I think that's like the most amazing thing about it. And why like you're putting out something that'll last forever. Like you might have a track right now that's like it is what it is, but in ten years, like what's what's the concept of somebody still playing that? Yeah. You know, like ten years from I put this song out ten years ago. I'm not even thinking about it. Like the song I said earlier, you probably hadn't thought about that song in forever. Choking it. You know, but I was twenty thirteen. You know, that was seven years ago. <laughs> I remembered that song. Like that's that's crazy. Um But yeah, man, uh, what what are some of your um like what's your goal? Like you have an end game, but like what's your like what are you really trying to do? My goal ultimately is like in a broad sense to try and bring awareness and raise the vibration out here, you know what I'm saying? Or to make people think a little bit more outside of the box and make people feel like it's okay to color outside the lines because our whole lives we've grown up not doing that or being like, especially here in the Midwest and Missouri, you know what I mean? Like very conservative place. Yeah. You don't take risk. People don't get vets till they're 60. You're not trying to wait till I'm 60 to drive the vet, bro. No, I'll turn 30 in two years and I'm <laughs> buying a vet. I've told my girl, I've, to, I've, I've manifested. I was like, I don't care where I'm at yeah. financially. I'm if I got to take out a nice. loan, I'm, I'm buying it. Dope. You know what That's I'm saying? What and it's like, I feel like we've just grown in a, we've grown up in a, in an area where people play it, play it safe, play it safe. You know what I'm saying? People have grown playing it safe. You know, when you fly as fuck, Oh, why do you spend all that money on those clothes? Nigga? Cause I felt like it. You know what I mean? To me, money is just a, it's a tool. It's a concept. It's just it's a tool. It's a concept. My bills it's are an paid, energy. I, but I don't, I don't stress myself out over a lot of things, especially money. If I see something I want, I'll just buy it. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't have bought it because it probably hit my bank account a little harder than I expected, you know? But I wanted it, so I bought it. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, there's definitely a, like a side to that. It's like if you're, if it's. You can clear, get irresponsible. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I said? Like there's definitely a, a, a irresponsibility to that if you're like, over bro, here. Like me, you have $200 to yeah. your name and you bought and like, shoes for 150 Me and my girl went to Fiji last year and that was a $10,000 trip. Damn. $10,000. But I will never forget that trip. Like that was an experience. I wouldn't. I either. flew across. <laughs> I flew across the world, man. Across the ocean. I spent ten hours across the ocean. You know, like I spent seven days in, in, in paradise, man. So it was like, yeah, that hit my bank account pretty hard. You know, but but it's like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
like at the end of the day, like that experience is something I'll never forget rather than just holding on to this, you know, five grand that I split with her yeah. and being like, well, now I got five grand in the bank. And sure, I probably could have turned that five grand into something else, but. Yeah, we we just grew up a lot. We, I feel like our generation too, you know, and the ones below us, we've just, we're, 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 we've all wanted to be like, we've all, we all crave newness. You know what I'm saying? I'm never complacent. I, I got yeah. a million and one ideas. Yeah, like, you, you know, know, some people like, you know, the ones before us, they're, they get to a certain, people get to a certain point and they just want that. For sure. You know, or people like older, like my sisters, my mom, like my sisters are older than me. My oldest sister is 45, mm-hmm. you know, um, my other sister is, uh, 36, I think. And they, they are kind of in that mindset of like, they used to hate it because every year I got a new job. They'd be like, why don't you, you know, you're not staying at one place long enough. You know, you need to stay there for a few years and really grow into the company. It doesn't look good on your resume. And I'm like, no, I'm chasing the, my, yeah. I'm chasing the bag. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've literally over the course of five years have grown my income thirty thousand plus dollars while yeah. y'all are sitting there staying at companies who don't care about yeah, you it's yeah like, exactly someone if there's, there's if there's a better opportunity out there i'm gonna I'm take, take it. it and if it doesn't Period. work out it doesn't you work know, out but, but that mean, usually day, like, means that there's a better one right after I'm not, that one i'm no i'm no longer going to live my life thinking about if i would have made that decision what would have happened right because i've got a lot of those already at 28 especially, you know? so especially, it's like, especially if it's a gut feeling and you really feel like yo like i really feel like i need to do this like i read a survey uh, or an article whatever you want to call it but they surveyed people who were like a- above the age of like 80 and asked them what the biggest regrets they had in life were and like the number one was like not taking enough chances like not taking enough risks you know like i've lost money i've lost a lot of money Man. doing dumb shit but at the end of the day it's like I'm fine now. Like it, it sucked back then, but like, like life is about taking those risks and building those relationships. Because if you don't, you're gonna be eighty, eighty-five years old, wondering where my life would be had I done this. If I hadn't tried hard, you yeah, know what I'm saying like. like Failure is failure, man. Like, but what's the difference? Like, you're, if you're not failing, then you're not trying. Yeah. You know, if you're constantly su- succeeding in what you're doing, you're either fucking amazing or you're not trying. Or right you're now. not trying. Yeah. Like, you or know, you're not like expanding your, your shit. Like Rod Wave said, I took a thousand losses before I got one win, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But that one win was so substantial that it changed that my it, life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's what we all go for. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're all we're all trying to create this thing. We're all trying to create legacies, obviously, you know what I'm saying? And we want to have, we want to have an inheritance to leave behind. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the whole thing. Like, it's like, we're trying to build kingdoms. So it's like, I want to live forever. Yeah. I want to, my, and I feel like from my end, I've already done, like I've done that as far as like, I feel like putting out music, helps you do that you know oh, for too, sure you know what i'm saying or putting out content or something that like the internet is going to help people live forever because you know after say joe rogan dies you can still go back and watch all of his podcasts you can listen to him you, you can, can listen to him, him stream him do whatever you want and that's still going to put money in his family's pocket exactly forever you know what I'm saying so it's like you know i feel like life now especially at where we're at you know what i mean it's really about infrastructure and it's like the temple you build, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, building that temple around like, you know, your values and, you know, what you stand for, 
You know what I'm saying? There's no more just, you can't just be a wanderer. Did you ever, uh, have you ever heard of the book um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill? Mm -mm. You should check that book out. It's basically a book uh, where he's having, it's like a dude and he's having a conversation with the devil. The devil, quote yeah. unquote. It's not the devil, but it's really like. It's a concept. Yeah, mental concept. Um, but uh, one of the things he said, uh, one of the things the book said is that the devil preys on those who wander, those who have no aim, no goals. If you don't have goals, if you don't have anything that you're aspiring for or, you know, you're working hard for, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got that job. What are you working there for, though? You know what I'm saying? What are you doing with your shit? What are you, you know getting out of it? What are you getting out of it? You know what I'm saying? Besides the satisfaction of having a job. Yeah. Getting you paid know, every Because that's not security. You know what I'm saying? Jobs aren't security no more. You know what I mean? Like, you can't... Like, maybe back in, like, the 50s and 60s, you can get a job, and it was actually kind of secure. You know what I'm saying? At least more secure than it is now. You know, next thing you know, the coronavirus can come up, and... You're laid off indefinitely. Yeah, or you might not ever come back. Or you might not come back. I mean, my company laid off 10 people. They're never going to bring those people back. They're not bringing back. <laughs> they, they might. They basically just like fired y'all, kind of. Yeah, well, it's an opportunity. It just, who's who's on the bottom of the totem pole? Yeah. You know, it's we have, we're losing money, and so I can't afford to keep all y'all on here, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to, I'm not going to eat this loss. So yeah. I got to, I got to, I got to cut 10 of y'all. Yeah, um, and that's the thing, though, like, but that's, Part of the process of all of this shit is that has to happen. And then, but the thing is, is that like so many people were relying on a work check that they didn't think while they were working to spend a little bit of extra time of that free time that they had to build something else to possibly make that something too at the same time don't even have to be like anything crazy i know somebody who started a business making bows like bow bow ties but not bow ties or but like bows, bows that no bows that you put in little girl's hair oh and all they do is get the material in different prints and they pre-sell all the shit they pre-sell all these bows and then make them and sell them and they make like four grand a, a month off bows. I know a girl who just makes postcards. Like she makes these little postcards and these cards and she's got a few like other like glasses and stuff. But most of her business are these just like quirky. It's like a different way of car like of giving someone like a birthday card or like a yeah. happy graduation. But it's like always like some it's a, a more of like dark humor. Yeah. She says she makes like 30 grand a year just off of just that. off that. You might know her. She went to. She went to school in Johnson County. I know there's a lot of schools out there. Her name is Steph Stephanie. She owns Black, Black. I don't know. Black Labs, Black something like that. But she makes like thirty plus grand a year just off that. Yeah, but that, and that's the thing. Like, it's like there's so many things you can do. Like, it's just a matter of like where where you want to focus your energy. If it's, you want to get off work every day and just sit and watch TV until you fall asleep, that's one type of person. But then there's those other people out there that are like. Yeah, they might work, and then they do their 9 to 5. They get off at 5, and then, shit, they work until, like, 9, 10 on the other shit that they was working on. You got to take advantage. You know? Like, my biggest goal, and it's taken a while, but it's to to use my time more, like, more wisely throughout mm -hmm. my days. 
Like I used to go to the gym at nighttime. So I'll go at like eight, nine o'clock at night and then come home 10, 11, go to bed, go to work the next day. But now I'm trying to get to a point where I go to the gym at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just get up. Fuck it. I know I don't want to do it, but get up, go work out, go to work. And so now I'm off at five, four thirty, whenever it is, I've got all this extra time that yeah. I can put forth for maybe building this podcast up. Yeah. Maybe figuring out a way how I can monetize this or maybe figuring out a way how I can monetize something else. Researching. You know, like I can, I have, I have, you know, five, six, seven more hours in my day now that I can put towards something else. Yeah, even toward inspiration, watching a movie that you really, really like that, like, get your mind going, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because for me, it's like, I have to watch, I watch certain animes that just get me, like, oh, and then I just start, like, writing, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is. You like, find your inspiration yeah, somewhere. like, certain inspirations are, like, I will literally, like, I will be at my house, and I'll put, like, I will play with Hot Wheels cars, for like an hour <laughs> for real yeah <laughs> you really are currency <laughs> <laughs> i i have a ton or i'll watch like initial d or i'll sit and like put a gundam together like i i, I like gundam model kits so i like i'll just sit and put like little kits together spend a couple hours doing it and while i'm doing it i'm like it, it's like putting your mind to work on something else like you're looking at pictures of how to put things together and then you're just thinking and then like it's just kind of like you know, you might get like a crazy idea from the way something looks in yeah. the instruction booklet or something like something that. Something, you know? your, your motor skills are constantly working and your brain is constantly working. working and it's them. just these tiny little things that you might not have ever noticed, but because you're doing one simple yeah, project, exactly. it opens it up to something else. And that's where your mind starts to go, like, starts to tick, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's. Or just go on a walk or, like, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, little things like that. Like, I, I I really, like, have learned to, like, do more for me. You know what I'm saying, too? Like, throughout all this, like, learning. Like, throughout this whole quarantine and the whole, like, these past couple of years of the stuff that I've gone through. Like, you know, being single for so long and shit. And, like, just kind of, like, you know, I've really learned that, like, I spent, I used to spend a lot of my time for others which is what you're supposed to do at the end of the day you know what i'm saying like you're here for other people you're here to i feel like you're here to serve you know what i'm saying at the end of the day like you're on earth to to provide some type of service to an to, extent to an extent to somebody but the thing well, is you shouldn't neglect yourself either. you shouldn't neglect yourself and I, I i i wouldn't say i neglected myself but the the scale wasn't balanced for sure so you know just learning how to balance the energy I give versus the energy I get and also not expecting the energy I give to be given back to me. That's a big thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, but expecting it at the same time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's real. It's Hoping. weird. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I, I feel like it's all like a mental, the universe is mental. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's, it's all stemmed off of how you think about yourself and how high a value you hold yourself without being narcissistic or completely conceited, you know, of course, but just knowing that you are a human being and that you're capable of a lot more than we know and sure. are taught. You know what I mean? Life is much more complex than what we know. No, what we know, you know what I'm saying? Like it and it's We could talk for hours about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. But Space, the ocean, yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, you know? all that. We haven't even discovered most of our ocean yet. We haven't even like 
And that's the beginning of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I mean, if you think about it, like that's where it all was. But that's formed. the thing though, but on on some other shit. That's what makes me think that humans aren't from the planet Earth at all. We're not from here. We're alien to this planet. You think? Because all we do is destroy the shit. You know what I'm saying? We inherently destroy the planet, bro. Like, it, it, it's we don't even think twice about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... I think that just goes to show, like... I think we're from a different planet. That or just how sophisticated of beings we, we are, that mm -hmm. we've created these things that just... It also revolves around like the capitalistic mindset. Yeah. Nobody cares about the planet because the planet don't make them money. <laughs> you know, like yeah. what they do to destroy it makes them money. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a deeper, darker. It's a deeper, darker thing, and that, that's why I feel like we're not. I don't think we're native to the planet. Animals are. We're not native here. You know what I'm saying? That's why when you touch, that's why when a human touches a rabbit, a baby rabbit, it can't go back to its mama no more. That's what they say. Or birds. Or birds. birds yeah. I just think that the 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 way that like, unless you obviously the story of religion mm -hmm. you know, that that makes sense how we are who we are, but let's say that doesn't exist or you don't believe in that, then it's like how did we become such a advanced creature amongst all these billions of organisms and billions of living things that are You're on this created, planet? Bro. Like how did we become the top dog? <laughs> you know, You're like created to be like that's that's pretty insane to me. That's why I believe that there's. Like whether or not you believe in God, whether or not you believe in religion, like there's got to be there's something, there's something out there. Yeah, like nothing can nothing can come from nothing. No, you know, uh, outside of sense. a creator. But like we live in a universe that's forever expanding. You know, like we can't even we can't even see beyond the universe, the galaxy we live in. Yeah, you know, but there's supposedly billions upon billions of you know galaxy out there, and and the the galaxy is forever expanding. Yeah, you, you know it's. And then there's dimensions in between those. Yeah, black holes and yeah, the way that light travels is such a crazy concept. Like the fact that things are so far away, but you can still see them. Yeah. But what you're seeing might not be there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> what you're seeing is like three years ago. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, of light reflection. That gets, it's, you know. You might be is, looking at stars that don't exist no more. But also the, the crazy thing to me about, um, just about like light travel and stars is the fact that constellations have always continued to exist mm -hmm. so what is like so special about them the, the big dipper the little dipper you know all these different constellations in the sky that mm -hmm. have always been there those stars have never died or or they just or they're dead and we're still seeing them but it's like or they don't exist in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know I, I i try not to think about too much that's out of my control but no, I just it's love the information about it's sometimes when you receive the information, it's kind of mind blowing. Like, you know, the fact that like the fact that we're going to space, like, you know, like SpaceX is supposed to launch today, I think. But maybe it didn't because of the weather, like the fact that like we created something to go to other planets, you know, they're trying to send people to Mars, you know, they're trying to do all this. Some people don't think it's real, you know, whatever it may be. But life life is wild, man. But uh I'm trying to think if I got anything else for you. We've kind of just rambled on. Um, Definitely, that's really, something that happens with me for sure. For me though, man, like I treat this, I treat this podcast more of like a, it's like a conversation with people, like more or less to like, of course, like I want to dip deep into the artistry, get into the artistry, and get into who you are as a person. But I think it's like 
the way this is unscripted and formatted for people just to get to know another side of you it than, shows, what, it shows. than what isn't like a formatted interview with this artist. Like, let's talk about this album you released. Tell me how you put that together. More or less, it's just let's sit down. Let's see where the conversation goes. Like people are going to be able to take something away from this. Your fans are going to be able to see another side of you that maybe they've never seen before or just your, your homies or whoever it may be. And just, it just goes there. Like I've had interviews where I've like specifically had things I've wanted to talk about and we never talked about them, <laughs> you know, like it, it, it just, plan, you just, though. you just dive in all these different topics and you just have a conversation. That's really what it is. Like, that's why I say it's not really an interview. Yeah. It's just the people you need to know. Chilling, man. I mean, and we're longtime friends, so it's like, you know, I feel like we're catching up at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and for people who don't know, Hold It Down is out on all streaming platforms. I'm dropping an album called Let's Go Outside. You know what I'm saying? When's that dropping? Uh, July 10th. Okay. It's the day after my birthday. So what's like, what is the, what's the process of coming up with a release date? Like, why is that so important in music? Uh, deadlines are important, I feel like, to motivate you to get stuff done. One, two. Um, I usually plan it based on when stuff's pretty active. Like, for me, like, I mean, you can really drop, you can drop music whenever. Like, it's not, but everybody's different. Everybody's fan base is different. Everybody gravitates them at, to them at different times. You know, I've always noticed like around, it doesn't even have to be my birthday, but around the summertime, just summertime, people gravitate to me a lot more because you put out a, a nice sound that's good for the for, vibe, for of the summer. vibe of summer. Yeah. So, you know, good weather, good, good riding with the music, you mm -hmm. know, with the windows down. The music yeah. I'll, and I'll send, I'll actually send you uh let's go. Th th my album's done. It's been done. It's been done <laughs> a long time. I have three done. Three albums done? I have, uh, I have well, technically one album, two EPs done already, mixed, mastered, ready to go. Artwork. What's, so it. what's that process if you feel like you've advanced more? Do you still put that out? Or if or if the sound has changed or anything? No, it's I just put it out. Yeah. Because it's like if the sound's changed, it's not about whether the sound changes. You're always going to develop and you're always going to become a better artist. You're always going to experiment with new sounds. But that doesn't mean that the music that you created before is bad. Yeah, for sure. That's a good way of You know at. what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like it's different. You can definitely hear the difference. And what's crazy is how I'm releasing my stuff. It's backwards. So you're releasing the newest I'm thing I'm releasing first? my newest stuff first. <laughs> you know, then the semi-newest stuff. And then you're going to hear the thing that I've been working on for like the past two and a half years. You know what I'm saying? But like, also, is that the, the one that you've been working on the longest? Is that the one that's, like, most important to you? Yeah. So it's like, this one, like, you got to hear this last, you know? You got to hear it last. Hear the progression, but it's almost like the, the deep progression, almost. Mm hmm Since you're listening to what's newer, and I'm going back in time. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's how I wanted to do it this time. But it's good to stay prepared, too. Yeah. Like, and, even and with the podcast, like, I like to... I try and get as many interviews I can done. Like, like I, I rarely do back-to-back -back interviews, but I'm like, man, I just want to, this coronavirus has screwed everything up. I had anticipated on, like, interviewing, like, 10, 15 people and then having 15 episodes I could just release on weekly. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, like, I ain't been able to see anybody. Like, nobody's been able to come to my house. You know, nobody's been able to do anything. So I'm like, well, now I'm just going to keep trying to just do interviews so at least I always have something in the tuck. Yeah. That's what, I mean. And with music, you've got three thing, projects in the tuck. What's crazy is that, like, some of the projects that you hear – that are new they've been done for months oh for sure 
You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of stuff to go into, like, the preparation of a release and your marketing of it and how you want to do it. There's a reason why when an artist puts out an album, you'll hear a song that came out two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. They're going to put it back on the album. That was their single. Yeah, like, you know, like, it, you know? It's, it's, this joint is two years old, but it's going to get put on it's here. Gonna, it's getting put on there. But, you know, I think everybody's process is different. You know, I've been getting in. For me, it's like I'm a producer, too, so... You know, I made half of everything that I do. You the know beats I mean? and everything? Yeah. for Especially for, like, my album, album. I made all the beats of that. You know, and then this next one that I'm putting out, I made, like, three or four of them. You know what I'm saying? And then one of the um, one of the ones that I'm putting out is one with just a producer, just one producer. And I'm starting to get into that more. Like, I want to do, like, more, like, smaller EPs. But just like with different producers, like we can just get like four or five beats that I really like, put it together, boom, and it's me and you, yeah, only. Not a lot of hands were on it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I got my creative resource company now, Reality Makers Company, where you know we do all of our shit in house. I got an engineer. I got a, you know, he mix masters all my stuff. I record myself. So, I can plug you in to record with him if you want. So what's the whole point of that? What, a creative resource company, as I've said? Mm-hmm. Is that the name of it? No, it's called Reality Makers. Reality company. Makers, okay. Um, like, what's your what's your goal with that? Well, I believe that as long as you have, like, the willpower and mind state, then I, I feel like we create our realities around us all the time, and we just don't know. You know what I'm saying? And you can chalk it up to God, and you can chalk it up to whatever but at the end of the day we're all co-creating with something yeah you know what i'm saying and based on your mind state and i really think like negative mind states bring about negative things oh for sure positive mind states bring positive things to you so i want to create like somewhat of a company that was based off of those kind of general principles that the fact that you can take things into your own hands and 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 you don't have to wait on anybody to really like explore whether you can be a creative or not you so, know, or whether you want to be so what's the goal with the company like how can like so you said you have an engineer you're recording yourself you're doing all this but what is it for anybody else who's not cheating? anybody who wants to get involved with reality makers company basically i can roll i can do we can do so much like it's like i can roll out a project for you i can get oh you need graphics i got that I got whoever you want to engineer it. I can roll out your project for you. So it's basically a a one-stop shop. It's like a one-stop shop. Yeah, that's what I want it to be. But I also want it to be like to where it's like, you know, we have a staff of, it's like a staff of freelance, you know what I'm saying, that you can come to for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I got a merch dude to where I go through merch for him. But anybody who's like, hey, bro, you know where I can get some merch printed up for like, I'm this is my budget. We'll do it. Whoop, yada, yada, yada. Oh, well, let's set up a meeting. All right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's are you getting a percentage can, out of that? Not yet. But I don't want to do it goal? yet. That's the end goal. Okay. Um, and it's not even necessarily me getting a percentage. just a company getting a percentage. You know what I'm saying? Of Like basically basically being a li- liaison between. Yeah, a middleman. A middleman, yeah. Like it's like the middleman basically the middleman that's not the middleman you know because i get you in direct contact with people it's not like i have to 
sit there and mitigate everything. I'm not trying I, to mitigate everybody's careers. I wanted to do something like that, and somebody might steal this idea now if it's not already existing, but I wanted to do something similar to, like, you ever heard of, like, Angie's List or anything like that? Like, you can get on Angie's List, you can find a plumber. You yeah, can find yeah. 10 different plumbers. Yeah, but I wanted to do that for... Creative. Creatives. Yeah. Like, for DJs, for photography, for, for vloggers, that's for basic, MCs. Like, that, you need basic. an MC? Hop on this app. Everybody has a profile. You can check the reviews. You can do whatever. I, I eventually want to have a website to where yeah. you can go to, to where you can request services, and this is who we have to do it. Like, I, you could choose from five people, and here's their work. Yeah. Right there. You can look at it and be like, oh, this is the kind of style that this dude does. Like, like I need, like, anybody who's involved with it, that they'll put up a portfolio or something like that. And if you get any work off the site, the site, you, Reality Makers Company gets, like, a percentage. Yeah. For sure. But it's not, like, a crazy big one. It's not like I'm going to... We're trying to try to take forty percent of your shit, you know. What I'm saying like that's but not just ten like, percent. Yeah, ten percent, ten percent. If you have enough people coming that's to your website, tithe, bro. and, and you enough, tithe, yeah, and bro. enough of these engineers or enough of these graphic designers, mm -hmm. it's bringing them enough work to where if everybody can come to this and get them from them, then exactly. everybody's gonna eat, and then that ten percent will add up over time. Exactly. Um, well, that's dope, man. Um, and that, that's that's always been one of my goals. You know, what I'm saying like, and that's where rap is taking you. Yeah, kind of what we talked about earlier. It's the mm -hmm. way that this is where the this is where the beginning was, and this is kind of where it brought me. Yep. And maybe I won't sell a million records, but the idea okay. of me the idea of me selling a million records and the the process I put into that also opened up my mind to reality makers, to producing, to DJing, yeah. to yeah. all these other to facets have, of to music. having to having a different having multiple identities with music too, because there are people that know me because I DJ. You know what I'm saying, and they might and they might not be fans of my music music. But they're fans of me DJing. Yeah. And that's cool, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, or I know people who, like, like my beats. Like, they'll be like, oh, I want your beats. You know what I'm saying? And that's just it. You got to have your hands in a million yeah, jars, man. Exactly. And it's always going to work out in the and that, end. And that's always, like, I've always had a million hands. So, like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So, it's like, I've always tried to, like, you know, be as involved with, especially the community and uh, the art scene here, too. You know what I'm saying? And making sure that. I'm doing my part in helping people that want to try what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? And try this out and try, you know, because there's a lot of creative people out there that just don't hone their abilities. Oh, for sure. Or don't use them. You know what I'm saying? Like, or just don't put enough time into it or recognize it exactly. or, or don't believe in themselves enough. There's so many talented people that I've met and I'm like, bro, yeah, like, you, you can make a million dollars tomorrow. <laughs> like people, or people that spent four years in film school only to work at champs and manage a champs. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So, but yeah, that's it's, a, it's all a process, man. Like, yeah. you ever heard of Morgan Cooper? Yeah, that's a homie. I'm he shot, um, I'm shoot? definitely trying to get him on the podcast. Eventually. He shot a couple indie ground videos a couple of years back. Um, yeah, he's a guy who's his creative, you know, he rapped. Did he? Yeah, he went by uh, him and D Will together went by Black Flannel. Huh cold he sounded like he sounded like a better blue <laughs> <laughs> that's why for sure i'm trying to think of what his uh what he used to go by um rap wise but i know him and d will together did you see that uh d will got that he's on um uh west side gun album oh really yeah i didn't know that conductor williams euro step wow you ever heard that song uh -huh. you listen to west side gun oh for sure but okay, well, on his album "Pray for Paris," listen to Eurostep. You'll hear that conductor, conductor at the <laughs> beginning. That's D. Will. 
That's Kansas City. That's dope, man. Yeah, Morgan Cooper is definitely made it. I mean, he's he's like legitimate now. I mean, his yeah. his latest the film he did here that he shot in Kansas City was dope. You know, like he act like like a guy who does everything from start to finish. The Will Smith thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't what, it the Fresh Prince saying that? Yeah. Yep. That shit was crazy. That's wild. Well, shit, man. Um, yeah. Is there any advice you can give anybody? What's your, what's, what's advice you want to give to somebody on the come up? Advice? Whether they want to rap, whether they want to DJ, whether they just something to inspire anybody, like whatever it may be. Try to put yourself in rooms where you're not the smartest person. That's solid advice. Yeah. Always be, and be a sponge. Be a sponge. Don't think that your way is the only way. You know what I'm saying? Like, be a sponge. Soak up the information, whether it's good information or bad information, and decide where, how do you want to use it. You know, I, I think, you know, I feel like some people just go into things just thinking it's going to be this way, but it's never going to be like that. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, you know I mean, like, so just be, be on your toes to expect the unexpected. Like, my phone got stolen today. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Where did it get stolen from? It got stolen from an apartment complex I was at earlier. <laughs> like you were like hanging out with somebody and they stole it from yeah. there? Yeah. Like somebody stole it. Somebody they were hanging out with stole my shit, bro. Wow. I don't have no proof that they stole it. Well, it's but gone. I know they did. <laughs> the phone is gone. That's the, the proof. Gone. So, so that's part of life, man. But that's part of yeah, and that's and and you're gonna take a massive amount of L's really trying to do what you're trying to do, but it's not it it it's your choice to decide whether it's a loss or a lesson learned. You know what I'm saying? So just keep going. Keep trucking. All right, man. Well, uh, <laughs> that's Dom Chronicles. They can find him. Uh, what is It's just Dom Chronicles on Instagram. Yeah, everything. Dom Chronicles on everything. D-O-M-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S. Hold on one second. Pull up, pull up. Hold on. Hold on. Before you play that, we're going <laughs> to. Give him a round of applause. And uh, this is his latest single. Hold it down. Hold it down. <laughs> Did you produce this? Yep. Produced by him, the one and only. Enjoy. up that shit again need a hundred acres and a mule so where my dividends made this beat and shit it's right back to the pen again go work on yourself and stack your bread and then you spin again gotta get that money but we be like fuck the government invest in your future niggas quick to trade for something quick hustling since we was young cause we was tired of struggling i was high when i came home so mom put me on punishment collect the chaos emeralds sonic how we move the chronic turn the water into wine turn the sand into some diamonds study ancient science while we puffing on the best pot every nigga that hated on your boy got a dust job killing shit forever to stop me you gotta shoot me fucking sample clearance some niggas gonna have to sue me hey 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 you know i had to hold it down i can't lie baby i get a little crazy on the ground 
Write your goals down, then you stick to the damn plan. Ayy, in my line and say you tryna talk to Samson. I might be your weed man, but I am not your damn friend. Quit asking for a discount, nigga, cause every cent count. No, I had to hold it down. Even though I'm underground, no, I had to hold it down. Probably pull up with an ounce, no, I had to hold it down. Niggas know I got that bounce, no, I had to hold Ay. it down. Count the chase, she rolled up with, no, I had to hold it down. I'm that nigga that she need, no, I had to hold it down. Shorty know she got that ooh, no, I had to hold Ay. it down. Baby, what you tryna do? No, I had to hold it down. That's Dom Chronicles, y'all. Yes, Appreciate you sliding through, man. Again, you guys can find them Dom Chronicles on all digital streaming platforms, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Make sure you stream that song. Make sure you ride around and enjoy it. Um, Show smoke something too, bro. <laughs> while you smoke, while you listen to it, you, you know, can, that's the whole point. You know what I mean? Also, man, you can find me uh, P Y N T K underscore K C on Instagram. That's the podcast page. Uh, same thing for Gmail, just without the Instagram or without the underscore. If you want to be, you want to be featured on the podcast, shoot me an email. I'll add them. Um, I'll add them. Shouts out to the Kansas City Podcast Network for powering this. Um, and enjoy. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitzel.